You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports book betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, everybody. I'm Kate Majuk. Thank you for listening to the SB Nation NFL show. I am joined, as always, by my fantastic co-host, Justice Mosqueda. We are without our good friend, Steven Serta, today, but we are going to uh, chug on through this NFL React show We've got lots of news to talk about. Nothing too pressing this week, Justice, but we do have all of these little bits and nuggets that uh, could be shaping our 2022 NFL season. Uh, what's going on, man? How much? Yeah, Steven took a uh, much-needed break. Hopefully he's not doing the uh, 12-day Shaka Karma thing that uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was doing. Maybe he is. Maybe he's just. Hey, we are not here to judge. Uh, we are not here to judge anybody who needs a little cleanse. Uh, we we're here for that. Take care of yourself. Uh, Self care is number one here on the NFL React Show. Uh, we do have like plenty of, uh, like I said, little things to talk about. Uh, one of the latest bits of little news. Like let's let's just jump into this because we're getting lots of broadcasting news. Maybe not necessarily uh, player-specific stuff, since we don't have the uh, NFL trade deadline. We're still, or we don't have the NFL trade uh, window open just yet. We don't have the combine, so of course we have to talk about who's going to be broadcasting all of our favorite games next season. And next up on the train, we've got Troy Aikman, uh, who is apparently headed to Monday Night Football. Uh, per the New York Post, he's going to get a lot of money, but. That's leaving a little vacancy there uh, on Fox. And who do we think is going to fill that that big vacancy here for all of these Fox broadcasts? So my initial reaction was Greg Olson, right? Like he's the guy that, that they use to kind of supplement him. Um, he was the guy who replaced uh, Troy on, on Thursday Night Football at certain times. But it sounds like ESPN you know, ESPN slash ABC, you know, they're going to have uh, a Super Bowl, you know, in the coming years, which is probably why they're trying to make this move. So it's not that booth of, you know, Lewis Riddick and, and Brian Greasy and stuff up there. It sounds like they're going to bring in Greg Olson as like supplemental coverage for Monday Night Football. So I think that puts Fox in a real tough position. The, the one guy that I think would be really fun, and I don't know if they would do it, is a keep to leave just because the way he sees football, like to someone like me is, is very fun, but I also understand like I'm a nerd who used to coach and work in spring league football, you know, like that, that's not general America. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I saw, you know, reports they might poach 
someone like a Drew Brees or something like that. Uh, look at like a Sean Payton. Look at like a Sean McVay. It's really interesting because like the most important window for the NFL is still that afternoon game slot, right? That That's where you drive, you know, the most views, you know, uh, countrywide. Like th- those windows get more views than the island game, Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of who steps up for that gig. Cause I don't know if outside of Tlaib, I don't know if there's like star power for Fox. If, if Olsen does leave for that, you know, America's game of the week type of scenario. I actually think so. Uh, sticking with the saints, uh, you mentioned Drew Brees, uh, the sticking with the Saints, Sean Payton, I think, uh, has been the name that I've heard the most buzz about, uh, including some reports here on Friday, February 25th, uh, that they could be possibly in negotiations as we speak uh, to get Sean Payton in the mix for this Fox Sports gig. Sean Payton, I'm kind of a mixed bag on. I'd love to hear your thoughts because uh, we know that Sean Payton is a coach capable of having some fun. We've seen him uh, provide plenty of entertainment. We'll say at least in the locker room footage that we've seen, can he provide, uh, some of that, that insight for, uh, NFL commentary? And do you think he'd actually be a joy to watch or not? Yeah, I think he'd, I think he'd be good at it. He seems like a good hang, you know, everything, everything that we know about Peyton makes it seem like he's going to hit, he's a good hang. So, I think he would do solid. The big thing that I would worry about if I were Fox or if I were, uh, you know, ABC, ESPN would be, or crap, I messed that up. If if I were Fox, I was right the first time. If I were Fox, it's that, what what if he leaves, right? What if it's only like a one, two year thing? Like he's going to have options to coach at, at the NFL level relatively soon. Um, you got to think about like, some of these jobs that are going to open up. I mean, even think about like Seattle, right? Like Pete Carroll is up there in age. If the, for whatever reason, they could keep Russell Wilson. He's running know. out of gum. We need to make some <laughs> contingency plans here. The gum shortage uh, <laughs> is ravaging the nation right now. Like what, what if Pete walks away and then, you know, in a year he's like, Hey, I want to coach the Seattle Seahawks. Like what, what position does that put Fox in then when you're hiring, you know, a third color commentator for your biggest window of the season, you know, over and over again, three times in three years, like what does that do? So I I would think you want a little bit more stability there, but it'll be interesting to see if they could pry breeze away, you know, from, from NBC, because it seems like, they they want Buck or Michaels to be in the booth for Monday Night Football per per New York Post. If that happens, you would if for whatever reason Michaels does leave because I I don't think Buck would leave because Buck wants to do uh, baseball and football for for Fox. If Michaels does leave Sunday Night Football, you think Tarico takes that next step up, and then it becomes like, oh, NBC is going to groom you know Drew Brees to be the replacement for. Chris Collinsworth at some point, and it's going to be a breeze and Tariqa booth. They already have, you know, some chemistry together. They have some time together uh, working on that. Is, is, it's would Breeze leave? Yeah. Would Breeze leave that situation where he knows all he has to do right now is call like one year uh, or one game a year 
for Notre Dame football on like Peacock and then do some studio analysis. And eventually he's going to get Chris Collinsworth job. Is that worth leaving NBC right now to just immediately becomes the, the face of Fox football? Or maybe we see them uh, make a deal with Sean Payton and they poach Drew Brees and we just get a Saints party literally all the time. I mean, the possibilities are endless. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how this ends up shaking up because it will have uh, Troy Aikman to Monday Night Football has uh, a, a bit of a domino effect on the rest of uh, the the commentary slate. Um uh, Another piece of news, of course, uh, which we talk about every day uh, for the rest of our lives, we're going to be reporting on Aaron Rodgers news. Uh, ESPN's Diana Rossini reported that Aaron Rodgers is looking for a contract north of $50 million, $50 million. And a decision is quote unquote coming soon. So will he stay with the Packers? Will he decide to go in retirement. There's apparently several offers on the table in terms of a trade. Um, what is Aaron Rodgers' value at this point? Uh, is there any um, situation where you see him actually retiring? I want to hear all the details from uh, our favorite Packers reporter here. I don't I don't think he's going to retire. I, I really don't. I, I think it's two teams. It's Green Bay and it's Denver. Um I talked to someone recently who actually thinks that I, I don't know how uh, closely the national media has been paying attention to like uh, Green Bay's cap movement recently, but they basically created uh, $10 million in cap space moving around uh, defensive tackle Kenny Clark's money. And then they saved, I think it was something like $6 million with running back Aaron Jones's money yesterday. Um, I had been told that like, maybe think about those movements as, Ways to get uh, cap space freed up for a Devontae Adams tag and trade if, you know, Aaron Rodgers does potentially leave. Like, there's so many things still up in the air. Um, Gutekunst uh, just had a presser this week where he was talking, and he was basically like, well, we could keep both Rodgers and Devontae. We could keep one of them, or we could keep uh, neither of them. And it's Thank like, you for okay. narrowing all so, of those possibilities <laughs> down. It's like, okay, so so no one is sure what is going to happen here yet still. Um, the $10 million number, to me, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, that's a 15% increase over Patrick Mahomes' 10-year deal, right? Which, like, has a bunch of funding money in it anyway. You know, we know how, how NFL contracts operate. Like, that's it's not an actual 10-year deal. And Rodgers is going off of that to get a 15% increase in sort of the same way that New Hopkins got, you know, kind of a funny money deal uh, with Arizona after he was after he was traded. And Devontae is like, yep, I got to beat that. And it's like, oh, you guys are in very different situations. Um, those <laughs> contracts aren't really comparable. But it seems like both of them want to break the bank. And it's going to put Green Bay in this weird spot where I don't even know if they can, like, actually keep both of them. And the, the biggest thing that I struggle with is people saying, all right. So they're going to get traded to Denver. And I'm like, if you're a Packers, anyone in the Packers front office, you have to be telling Rodgers and Devontae Adams, like, there is no team that has enough assets to be able to trade for both of you, right? Like, no team. Because no matter what, if you trade Rodgers to Denver and they trade you three first-round picks or whatever, those picks are those future picks are going to be picked, you know, 28th overall 
or later. It's not like you're getting a top 10 pick or anything like that. So it'll be interesting. I know someone proposed a trade that was like uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, whose contract is like expiring already, uh, a first round pick and second round pick in both 2022 and 2023. And that's the trade for both Rodgers and Devontae. And I'm like, that would be terrible. That would be a terrible <laughs> trade. Like, that's what you should get back in return for Rodgers alone, not including Devontae Adams. And if they do that, who boy, it's going to get real dark in Green Bay real fast. Well, and the issue, too, is that, I mean, even if you give up assets for Devontae Adams, it, you know, on the tag and trade, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. So you're not just... Uh, throwing in all of these assets for Aaron Rodgers and throwing in all of these assets for Devontae Adams to play on the franchise tag, you're also making that very, very large financial investment. Um, and, you know, I think the only way for them to make anything work would be to trade, uh, you know, one of these wide receivers back to Green Bay. But it's kind of like this situation where I feel like Aaron Rodgers has just sort of handcuffed himself here. Uh, you know, if he were to stay for Green Bay, now we'd say the cap is a myth, but it's feeling very real in Green Bay, like very real. Uh, it's palpable in Green Bay. The cap is real. And I think the interesting thing is even if Green Bay wants to make this work, I don't understand how Aaron Rodgers can possibly get the money and get all of the assets and surrounding talent He's made it uh, very abundantly clear that he wants more than just Devontae Adams in the picture. Uh, he's been asking for a true number two wide receiver. We saw him beg for uh, Randall Cobb last year. I mean, what what does it say about Aaron Rodgers if he's willing to take the paycheck when it means that he can't get that asset that he's been begging for all this time? Or is what is it that is truly important to Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career? Right, and the wide receiver thing is really important in terms of like looking at body types in Green Bay. Randall Cobb is the only guy who's under like 215 pounds at wide receiver in Green Bay, and a lot of that is because they really do view like wide receiver outside of Devontae Adams. Your number one job is to block for Devontae Adams when we go for those like screens <laughs> and stuff like that, and they do so much stuff with. You know, Alan Lazard, um, MVS, Equinamius St. Brown, they even did it with, you know, Randall Cobb and, and the rookie Amari Rogers, where you walk down the wide receiver into the line of scrimmage and basically use them as a tight end. Like, that is very much part of their system. And there just frankly isn't that many guys who are coming out of, you know, the college game who are like 210 and above that, like, fit that kind of mold that Green Bay wants. So, if they did even get back a guy like Judy and a guy like Courtland Sutton, like how do those guys fit in the offense? Cause I could tell you one thing, like Jerry Judy isn't walking down the line of scrimmage to, to basically play tight end and, and block for Jordan love, like on, on play action and stuff like that's, that's not how this thing is built. So it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this thing evolves. I mean, it sounds like it's going to happen pretty quickly. Rogers didn't make a decision on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, but Rossini said, you know, this is going to happen soon. Roger said it's going to happen soon. Um, the tag window technically is already open. Like teams can can place the franchise tag on players already. Um, it's probably, you know, teams aren't going to do it until the deadline because both the teams and the players kind of hate being tagged. Um, so it's probably not going to happen until after the combine. But 
the possibilities are out there now and decisions are about to have to be made. So I, I assume we're going to hear a lot of uh, news about this, you know, once the, uh, the tampering meeting that is the NFL combine starts to get rolling. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of news and not to keep hammering home on this situation here, but uh, just as you mentioned, sort of their, uh, you know, Green Bay's use of the wide receiver too, and um, uh, the blocking aspect, uh, the tight end, uh, essentially role that these wide receiver twos are playing. Um, and they, they're out of a wide receiver too, not to mention Devonte Adams. I feel like we're underestimating, uh, and not really giving credence here to the, the fact that it's not just Devonte Adams that the Packers are out this year. You've got, uh, Equinia St. Brown hitting free agency, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Robert Tunyon. All of these guys are free agents in 2022. So maybe Devontae Adams is stealing the show here, but you sign Devontae Adams uh, and, and tag him. Uh, even if you do that, you're still looking at an entire uh, offense, essentially, uh, of skill position players that you're, you don't have anywhere in the same like three tri-state area. Just... I'm so fascinated. I'm so fascinated. I can't wait to see this roll out more. Yeah, uh, uh, Lazard, I, they, they can tender him, but Cobb, they're going to have to release for, for cap reasons alone. Omari Rogers, you know, their, their rookie pick from last year, basically only got in on on special teams. Like uh, Jawan Winfrey, who was on the practice squad, you know, getting called up as, uh, you know, the, the not COVID replacement, but like the extra guys that you get uh on the active roster from uh basically this this covid era rules jawan winfrey was getting more snaps than uh than amari rogers so like they very well might go into this and after the alan lazard tag like jawan winfrey on paper might be their like second most played wide receiver first week of free agency which is very scary like mvs i just assume he's going to be gone at this point someone is going to pay him we've seen this over and over again like wide receivers who hit the market get get paid entirely too much in free agency and he's probably going to be one of those guys not to knock his game at all his production is lower than what his talent is because of you know injury and, and kind of the structure of that offense i think he's going to do solid somewhere else but someone is certainly going to pay him money that green bay does not have point blank period yeah i this is definitely a tenuous situation i can't wait to see how this is going to roll out. Uh, let's take a quick timeout. And when we get back, I want to talk a little bit uh, about Bruce Arians and the potential that we might see a familiar quarterback face in the locker room next year for the Tampa Bay Bucks. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into the SB Nation NFL show, everybody. Uh, we talked Green Bay. The other situation that, you know, has so many moving parts, it's it's all happening in Tampa Bay. Uh, we heard from Bruce Arians this week, uh, interestingly, that uh, maybe we'll see Blaine Gabbert uh, under center for the Bucks, and he could be the starting quarterback. Uh, what what are your thoughts on Blaine Gabbert? Can he uh, secure a starting role in this offense? And if not, uh, what are your other realistic options here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? There's no way, right? There's just, <laughs> there's just no way. Like, if, That's the analysis right there. No. <laughs> Bruce has already retired once. If Bruce didn't retire post-Brady, you would think that he has a big plan at quarterback. And and by all accounts, like all the reporting says, like, hey, they're going to take a big swing at Russell Wilson, even though, you know, that's an NFC to NFC trade, which means you have to give up a ton of assets if they're willing to do that. I, I think this is just kind of posturing by Bruce. Um, I, I do think it is funny where – he says, yeah, he's never played with a team this good. This is a guy with a 13-36 and 36 win-loss record. So he's losing three-quarters of the games that he started. 50 touchdowns, 47 interceptions in his career, and a 72.4 passer rating. Like this guy, Gabbert, from like a just a numbers perspective, has basically been like what Sam Darnold is. But just for since, what, 2011? So we're talking about a full decade of football that, that he's been on the field for. I don't, I don't buy this at all. Like they're going to make some sort of move for a quarterback. Um, there's going to be plenty of guys out there. I mean, the more I talk to, I've, I've been talking to agents a lot the past couple of weeks um, just to kind of get a feel of like what the free agency market looks like and like what the heck was happening without like the whole agent combine boycott thing. Um, it seems like guys like Trubisky and Mariota are probably going to get shots as starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year, just based off of, quarterback scarcity i mean when you're look we have a head coach talking about blaine <laughs> gabbert being a starting quarterback in february like that tells you about how scarce the well, position is right now this isn't 20 and the issue too is that i mean you don't have a lot of like quarterbacks uh if any in this rookie class here that i think anybody would feel confident throwing into the starting lineup right out of the gate um there is a real need at the position uh and th there's a lot of teams that are uh probably going to be vying for some of these guys that are available potentially on the trade block. Uh, you mentioned Mitch Trubisky and I'm kind of excited about Mitch Trubisky. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Steelers fan and there's been lots of rumblings about uh, Kenny Pickett. I'm enjoying the rumblings about Malik Willis, but 
the rumblings that I'm not hearing that I wish I were uh, are around Mitch Trubisky. And I, I'm eager to hear your thoughts. Have you heard anything about uh, a potential landing spot or any teams that are interested in uh, Mitch Trubisky? And if not, where's your favorite fit in terms of any of these teams in need of a quarterback right now? Yeah, so Mitch in Pittsburgh yeah. is, is one that's cut up, come up multiple times. And I actually kind of like the – if we're just talking about the two guys that I mentioned that are kind of like what I think people think of like as like surprise potential starting quarterbacks, Mitch in Pittsburgh, and then if the Packers move off of Aaron Rodgers, it seems like they'll take a swing at Mariota with the connection being, you know, Rich Bisaccia, former interim head coach of the Raiders, who is now the special teams coordinator of the Packers had worked with him in Las Vegas. And then obviously Matt LaFleur worked with him in his single year as offensive coordinator at Tennessee when Mariota had the nerve endings issue where like he basically couldn't feel his arm. Um, and that, that was the decline of Marcus Mariota. And then that injury ended up getting better. And we saw him as like basically a substitute guy off of the bench, looking pretty good for the Raiders. Um, so there's some optimism that, you know, he might be able to do that in a starting role moving forward, but Mitch Trubisky, I really actually kind of like the fit in Pittsburgh. You already have a defense built up. That offensive line is only going to get better, right? I mean, it's it's going to be hard to to be worse of what what they put on the field last year. They have some pass catchers. They got Najee Harris, you know, in the backfield. Tight ends aren't going to be an issue. They got plenty of those on the roster. So, like, if you're going to build around Mitch, I think there's a pretty healthy path in doing it in Pittsburgh. The one thing I will say is, like, you can't make him a pocket quarterback. He, he can't do that. So you have to be able to, like, you have to be willing to run him. And that's perfect because uh, until the they do perfect this offensive line, he is going to need to do a, a little bit of running. Um, Mitch Trubisky, looking back at what he accomplished uh, in his sophomore season back in 2018, um, his Pro Bowl season, uh, that's when they went 11-3, and 66% uh, completion rate. That's just under what he accomplished back in 2020. Um, in 2020, he had a six and three record, 5.4% touchdown rate, 2.7% uh, interception rate, which is actually below what he did in his sophomore season. Um, he actually had a really comparable season to what he did uh, in his uh, actual one solid season with the Bears. Uh, I mean, we saw Matt Nagy crumble without him, right? So I'm I'm all in on Mitch Trubisky, and I think uh, especially if the Steelers are as invested in Malik Willis as they've made already made it known, uh, you know, at, at the Senior Bowl, that seemed to be the only narrative that we heard all week was that the Steelers were just staring down uh, Malik Willis. If you could get Malik Willis uh, in the first round and sign. Mitch Trubisky to a decent contract, I think that would be kind of the ideal fit because you get, uh, you know, a quarterback who's maybe not not as mobile as Malik Willis, but a guy who can uh, get some wheels going when he needs to. Um, I, I'd be I'd be really interested to see this fit. Yeah, Jeremy Fowler, you know, wrote a post for ESPN recently where he was asking guys, you know, defenders in practice who are seeing Mitch Trubisky against him. Um, basically, like, should he be a starter? The quote from Jordan Poyer is 1,000%. And the quote from Josh Allen is, the dude is an athlete. So 
we've seen, I mean, Dayball, it, you know, a year under coaching with Dayball, we've seen Dayball turn around a quarterback career before, you know, with practice reps. I mean, Josh Allen right now is not the guy Josh Allen was coming out of Wyoming. So I think if there's any quarterbacks that like can use that kind of bounce back, considering everything that happened earlier in their careers, like Trubisky and Mariota are those guys. I Do you like Malik Willis? I do. Uh, and I think, so let me preface this, uh, not to be, uh, I don't like him as a immediate starter. Uh, obviously, uh, Malik right. Willis is one of these guys that has a, a super high ceiling. He's athletic, uh, but you need to spend some time and develop him. So do you, he, he needs to go to, I think, a uh, decent organization that has a chance to develop him. Um, I wouldn't want to send him into, uh, you know, any of these like pit fires. Like, let's pretend the Jacksonville Jaguars were in need of a quarterback. I wouldn't trust them to uh, develop my guy, Malik Willis. No. But Carolina is the one I worry about him where it's like Matt rule, you know, on a hot seat, Ben McAdoo on a one-year contract. Like that is a match made in hell, right? Like that is not what Malik needs at but all. But the Steelers, um, the stability he, he that they have within the Steelers organization, I right. think that's kind of the perfect situation um, for a, a quarterback that does need a little bit of time. And um, you know, that defense buys you a little time. A guy like Mitch Trubisky buys you a little time, but any of these organizations that are, starting from the pit fires uh I, i'm not particularly interested to send him to but um with the right organization the ceiling's just so high malik is a guy so i watched him on film and he does he does so many things that are erratic that it like freaks like he misses on throws that most high school quarterbacks would be able to like at least take the ball to the open target. Right. Um, but when I've talked to people, one, I guess he's a great kid. Like at, we're going to hear it at the combine, you get the coaches involved. They're going to get interviews with him one-on-one -on -one, and they're all going to come away and say like, that guy is a great leader. He's a great kid. I want that guy in the room, you know, aside from what his talent is just talking about his character. Great. Right. The other thing too, is I guess there's a very uh, low opinion about the offensive coordinator that he was working with. So a lot of people basically think that like one, he wasn't getting enough reps as like a progression quarterback Two, He wasn't being taught very much at all. It was basically just being rolled out and saying, Hey, go do your thing. And coming off of that, plus, you know, a Gus mouse on offense, that's very like Harry high school. He, he never really got those reps. Right. So we're really looking at Malik as like, it's almost like he's like a five-star recruit coming out of high school, right? It's it's not that he's like a finished prospect, a guy who um, should start games, you know, to your point. I, I really – I don't think he should start games in 2022. But he is a guy that has upside. There's very little that you can ask more of, you know, in terms of pure talent, both as a runner and as, you know, in, in terms of his arm strength. So I get it. I'm just still – so gun shy about these guys who like aren't high level processors don't have a ton of accuracy early on i understand there's some things working against him and it's not necessarily who he is as a human but like as like what he was basically asked to do at an upstart program at liberty but i'm still very worried about it so i i really do think like a, a pairing of that trubisky like bridge year slash years i mean it might take multiple years for malik to get onto the field honestly um, 
makes a lot of sense for a team like Pittsburgh that has some stability outside of, I guess you guys haven't hired a general manager yet. Though, uh, right? No. And I think the, the consensus is that they are going to wait until after the draft uh, to actually make that move mm. uh, last I heard. Um, but I, I kind of want to continue on this quarterback trend. We talked a lot about quarterbacks last week, but I think there's still so many narratives left that we can dive into. Um, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit. Cause uh, we we heard yesterday uh, from uh, Adam Schefter that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a lock to be traded, but I I feel like that's not true. So uh, Justice, give us the the lowdown. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo? Why it like can you give me one rational reason why the team would not look to move on from him in 2022? <sighs> Kyle Shanahan, this guy. <laughs> I mean, it really just seems like he's kind of stuck in his ways. You see guys get into the doghouse all the time. Like, it seems like he really doesn't want to go through whatever growing pains are going to come out of starting Trey Lance and getting him into these games and getting him those reps. I just, I guess we come from like very different schools of thought on this. Like, I don't think quarterbacks get that much better in practice. Um, they need the live reps. So like, if you're going to spend three first-round picks on a quarterback, you're going to have to start him in the first two years at some point. Like, you spent all those picks for something. Um, so it doesn't really make sense to me, but I think this might be kind of a leverage play a little bit. I, I don't know if they're getting the return on investment for Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of, like, the trade calls that they would necessarily want. You, you would think, like, with the landscape of how the NFL is right now and maybe – this doesn't even happen until after the first wave of free agency, but some teams are going to get desperate and they're going to look at Jimmy Garoppolo and say, you're our best option to win football games in 2022. And it might not be until, you know, guys like Jameis Winston and, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota and Mitch Trubisky are signed elsewhere and teams are out of the Russell Wilson sweepstakes and stuff like that, but it will come. So maybe it's a point where like he gets traded mid March instead of, you know, around combine. Yeah. I think uh, regardless, like he's not going to be, uh, you know, we can spar all we want, but I don't see any situation here where Jimmy Garoppolo does stay with the 49ers. I think this is like you said, a bit of a power play. I think there is potential for that. I don't. Like, it I, just seems like such backwards It would be logic. backwards logic. That's what I said coming into the season, though. I was like, there's no way you trade three first-round picks and sit the quarterback. And then they just did it the entire year. So, like, nothing would surprise me with how Shanahan operates now. We've seen the running back, uh, you know, Trey Sermon, immediately just doghouse. We saw Brandon Ayuk for a year and a half, doghouse. Like, this is how it, we operate. I mean, it's definitely questionable, but – I mean, think about it, the the narrative that uh, now we see Adam Schefter has created with these comments. He does put maybe raise that price tag on Jimmy Garoppolo just a bit more. Um, and if the the San Francisco 49ers aren't gung ho on on trading Jimmy Garoppolo, which um, they need to be, I almost think it would make sense to hold on to him until a um you know, an inevitable injury or, uh, you know, some unforeseen circumstance that will jack up the price significantly. Um, kind of like, 
like the Sam Sam Bradford trade. That's what I thought was going to happen last year was the Sam Bradford trade. Some quarterback goes down in August, and then it's like, oh, you want to compete this year? That'll be a first round. Yep. Pick. And I, I think again, I'm just saying, I think that's going to be the case this year. But um, you made the point, uh, Kyle Shanahan. We can't necessarily project everything that uh, he's going to do and the the moves he's going to make. Um, I want to talk about. Uh, two more quarterbacks before we sign off for today. Uh, first off, Kyler Murray. Uh, we got the Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell, uh, say that he loves Kyler Murray. Put me in the corner of, I love him, and I know he's going to get better. Uh, is there any more concern in your mind regarding Kyler Murray and his relationship uh, with the Arizona Cardinals? Well, Kyler came out and like apologized basically for like the social media scrub. So like, you can apologize all you want, but you still scrubbed your social media, right? Right, right. But I, I still don't know where these leaks are coming from because Cliff Kingsbury is real tight with Kyler Murray. They're represented by the same agent. There's no way Eric Burkhart, who represents them, is like, yeah, Cliff. It's okay to bash, uh, you know, our future quarter billion dollar quarterback that our agency reps, you know, through anonymous sourcing. So I don't think it's coming from the coaching staff. Do you think, okay, so that narrows it down to ownership in the front office? Well, now the ownership is saying, I love him, you know, publicly on, on radio. So where did all this come from? Because no one is saying, hey, this stuff is fake. It's just like, it wasn't me. So was it, was it Kime? Was it the general manager? Like, where's the, what does this all stem from? It's very confusing, but it seems like at least this situation at this point is settled. We don't have to include Kyler Murray in, you know, hypothetical. Yeah. This was always a move that I wasn't sure uh, would actually come to any sort of uh, trade or anything like that. They, uh, I, I think they've done enough good things with Kyler Murray that they're not ready to throw in. Uh, what's that phrase? Baby with throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, yeah. Bathwater. Uh, I don't know. I know. What um, whoever means, came but... up with that, shoot me a DM because I would love to, <laughs> to hear some of the stories about how that came to fruition. Um, last quarterback I want to talk about. I want to talk about Deshaun Watson because um, there's been, I feel like we say this every week, but there's been some, uh, traction in some rumors that there are some real trade offers on the block um, and that we might actually see Deshaun Watson moved before we really get the full resolve of this situation. Do you buy this or are we just kind of trying to drum up interest once again because um, we're bored? What, what do we make of Deshaun Watson at this point? And uh, do you have any ideas um just about the truthfulness of these so-called rumors. No, I mean, how many times do we have to do the <laughs> song and dance? Like, I, I, I don't think Watson is going to get traded until these issues are resolved. Like, we saw this at the trade deadline. We saw this throughout the summer where people were like, there's no way that Houston's just going to have him line up as like a scout team safety the entire year. Well, they just they just did it. So, no, I, I, I don't think you can trade for a quarterback who has this many open cases, um, it's 22 women. Like, it's such a shot in the dark. There's no way that any team is going to be willing to take that risk, Um, especially considering the draft capital that's going to be needed to trade for him. I mean, remember at the trade deadline with the conversations with Miami where 
Houston was saying, oh, if Miami is helping you basically uh, settle some of these disputes, that then the price tag would go up on the trade because they're not trying to trade him on a discount. And it's like, this is such backwards thinking and Houston isn't willing to drop their price. And I don't think teams are going to be willing to pay full price for a guy with 22 you know, open cases that there's just no way. I really don't buy it. And maybe it's coming from Watson's people who really want him to be moved at some point. Like we still have to remember, like there's an open, not a contract dispute, but a dispute with the franchise, which is why Watson isn't playing. Like if, if, if Watson wanted to play for the Houston Texans, he would have been on the field. Yeah. I think we kind of we forget have that, that issue. That was the everything. original thing that kept him off the field because those news stories kind of overlapped a little bit, but uh, even, you know, to your point about, uh, you know, the, the question marks in the air, even if he gets, um, you know, these cases resolved, uh, these civil cases resolved out of court, you still have the question of criminal charges, which that kind of brings up an interesting question. So uh, his lawyer came out to say that they are going to um, come to a decision about whether or not he is going to face criminal charges by April 1st. So that kind of puts like that date specifically puts an interesting timeline on things because you have to imagine uh, if we're talking about a potential trade before that April 1st deadline that you might get a little bit of a discount if you're one of these teams who uh, is willing to trade for Deshaun Watson with those question marks. Hopefully you'd get a little bit of a discount when you uh, account for some of that risk. But if no, no team makes the move to trade for Deshaun Watson and April 1st comes and goes and there are no criminal charges filed, that has to just absolutely skyrocket that price for Deshaun Watson in a trade because now you're uh, you're foregoing, uh, at least for now, any questions about these these criminal cases specifically. And it, it's just, it's kind of interesting because it. Uh, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know that he's going to uh, be attainable at the price tag Houston's going to ask for him, especially after April 1st, if he's not facing criminal charges. It's too bad the NFL doesn't have a commissioner weird. or something that can kind of put a pause to, to all this type of stuff and say, hey, well, nothing's going to happen until this is solved. And no one is going to make us looking bad spending draft picks on a guy who might have criminal charges put on him days after a, a trade is made. Right? <laughs> it's too bad the NFL. We have nothing, have nothing of the sort. Uh, I, I think that we are going to be um, in in a very interesting uh, position if if we see anything go down. Um, I, obviously, we'll all be checking our phones uh, on a consistent basis here for some news from Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, whatever your, uh, whatever your tea is, uh, wherever you su supply your uh, NFL tea, you'll be eagerly waiting. Last but not least, before we close out the show, let's talk about the NFL combine, um, the bread and butter of the NFL draft. We, we know we had all of these sort of question marks about uh, is the bubble going to take place? Are we going to see, uh, the combine actually go through because uh, there was, you know, some thought that we might not actually have a combine uh, if if we were going to have some of these unresolved issues. But it sounds like we're good to go. The March combine will take place March first through the seventh. Um, 
what are you excited for in terms of this combine? Who are you most excited to watch? What is going to be the position that we need to keep our eye on uh, for, you know, potential risers and fallers? I think wide receiver is the big one, right? Just because I think that's kind of the strength of this class. I think this class in general is not as strong as, as most classes are, but wide receiver is definitely the position that matters. And not, not just the on-field drills, but every single one of these wide receivers is banged up, right? Like Jamison Williams towards ACL, Justin Ross has a neck issue. Drake London is coming off of a season ending ankle injury. There's just so many court or so many uh, wide receivers who are just banged up in different kind of ways that I think there's going to be some clarity coming out of this combine once these like medical grades basically end up getting leaked and guys get cleared or guys get asked to to come back to Indy, you know, a couple weeks before the draft and uh, get their medicals reevaluated for the league. Um, the medicals are super important on on the part of the whole boycott thing with the agents. Um, I talked to some people about that to try to figure out what the heck was going on because there wasn't enough information for me to like figure out like what they were even really mad about. Um, I understand like people are frustrated about kind of the double standard of the NFL and like how they basically were like, Hey, we're done with testing because it's the playoffs and it's time to make money. And then them, you know, putting up rules again and, and people rightfully say, pointing at them and saying, Hey, but you did it for the money. So what's the situation different now? That's not really what agents were mad about. What they were mad about was they basically wanted to sequester these players into specific uh, places in the stadium, which limited their conversations with sponsors. Um, So that's that's really what they were mad about. Like people forget that the combine is a networking event beyond like in, in terms of importance, it's player medicals. Then it's a networking event then it's like the on-field evaluations. I guess you could throw interviews somewhere along with on-field evaluations. But in terms of free agency, like there's agents who already know like who, which teams are going to be in on some of their players, but they're going to get, you know, concrete numbers at the combine. And, you know, they're not going to call it tampering because everyone in the league uh, is in the same room together. So you can't track a phone or something like that or emails and say, hey, they were talking together. You know, that that's, collusion that's tampering we're gonna find them um it's just oh we happen to be at you know x bar how convenient let me is buy that? you or let me buy you a drink sir how let's talk about it? uh all of the infinite possibilities that's really interesting because i i was kind of curious why the the response was so strong there uh in terms of a potential oh they were pissed let's be clear about that they were pissed like i didn't realize how mad they were i mean it was multiple agencies basically getting together. I think they represented over 150 total players who were going to show up at the combine. And a lot of those were like, guys, we're going to get taken in the top half of the draft. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they were very mad about that because they were like, look, we already had these meetings set up where we could go up into the, the, the box that, you know, uh, subway rents out so we can have conversations and work out the sponsorship. I need to go talk to the Detroit lions during that time. So I could set up contracts with X, Y, and Z veteran. I can't be doing this stuff at the same time. So yeah, it it was, it would have created a massive mess for the NFL. And I really think that it probably would have shifted how we kind of view the combine. Um, It'll be interesting to see how, how this operates moving forward, just because we're so used to the combine having its usual 
rhymes and rhythms, right? And and that's really what these agents were pushing back on was like, hey, we need kind of this structure. And now that the combine, you know, in future years is kind of going to be rotating in terms of location and we'll see how they kind of change things up. Like, I think this is the first year they're going to have the bench press the same day as the players do like all their on-field drills and stuff like that. And there was some pushback on that. That's still going to happen, but people really like their rhymes and reasons and, and, and they like tradition they like and change. they like things I, being. No, sis, you don't like change, yeah. but change, change is, is coming because they got to put it on prime time. Now everyone runs the 40 on prime. Change is coming. And I mean, let's be honest, the, the combine is a, uh, it's an event for us. Very, I feel like rarely uh, do players have a ton to gain by the combine because a lot of times we know we know what we're getting already. We've we've seen them play their seasons. A, a lot of that does come down to the medicals, like you said, uh, figuring out who is healthy, who's not, who's ready to play. Um, but in terms of the season, uh, it's it's over. Their collegiate careers are over. So uh, really, this is just fun time for us as fans to. Um, you know, bark over who has the faster 40. So that's it for today's show. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us for NFL Reacts. I am Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFFallBlast. And of course, I've always, I am joined by Justice Mosqueda. Be sure to tune in to all of our shows every single day. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your NFL podcast. Uh, hit us up on Spotify and please, we are in the business of five-star reviews. So be sure to leave us a review. Thank you. And we will see you guys next week with Monday Football Monday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.